0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed Play Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you're pregnant and expecting twins, what do you need to know about bringing your babies home? Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue is an expert on multiples and has helped many parents prepare for the arrival of their babies. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm really well. Before we actually get to the bringing the babies home, is there anything in particular that parents of twins need to be aware of uh, in the birthing suite?
1: Yeah. So in the birthing suite, not as much. So they're usually led by their obstetrician or whoever's taking them through that experience. And it's very unique because either they're going to deliver two babies and that alone needs to be um, educated from somebody who can explain what happens with a twin pregnancy. Uh, a lot that we see go through a Caesar in the particular area that I work in. And so we offer a Caesar class that's specifically for twins. So we get their head around the idea of delivering twins. But obviously in, a, in the case of a Caesar. It's just one baby coming out, and then the second baby coming out. So it's fairly straightforward once you have the understanding around the the cesarean section itself. Um, so for us, we don't see a lot of normal deliveries, but I know there are certainly a group that do deliver the twins normally, but they need some real guidance for that, and it's very specific guidance.
0: Okay, so let's move past that then, because I did tell you we would talk about bringing them home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything special about the way parents or parents-to-be of multiples need to set up their nursery? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) this, this, this.
1: so when I do uh, the twin classes where I work, we spend nearly half a day on the setup because the setup is really important to the function of how we get things done. So if you can imagine these two little babies, they're going to need to be fed the same as a singleton. So to describe twins coming home, it's double the amount of workload in the same time frame as one baby. So we do need to really visualize how we're going to use our space. So what I usually do is call and I call it the perfect triangle. Where am I going to feed them? Where am I going to change them? And where am I going to sleep them? And I want that space to be quite a small area. So I don't want, you know, bedrooms that are right down the end of the house, the changing areas right down the end of the house. My feeding is in the lounge room and my sleeping is my bedroom because you spend all that time just walking around. So we do spend a lot of time thinking about what do I need and how's that going to function in the space that I'm looking at. So for instance, for feeding, we probably need nothing smaller than about a two to two and a half seater couch. You can't feed twins off a chair safely. Unless you have someone standing very close by. So a lot of people might think they'll have a lovely rocking chair and there'll be a twin pillow and soft music and the whole (laughs) thing's really lovely.
0: Isn't that parenthood in a nutshell? Yeah,
1: very soft around (laughs) the edges. But really it's about that practical space and how's that going to work for me. So we often look at we need that two seated couch a single bed is really good in a room because you can just get all your equipment up there and use the back of the the wall as your bed as your support and the whole big long bed um, the other thing that often they come in and saying is, I can feed in my bed, but that will require your partner to roll onto the floor because you <laughs> need the entire space. So things like feeding pillows to support you if you choose to breastfeed. And the other one is these little sort of like half moon pillows that you can put on either side and you can put a baby safely into them. So we do spend a lot of time visualising with them, how are you going to sit down and get these babies to you? How are you going to hand them to somewhere or put them somewhere safely so that you can move off the couch or off the bed where you might be feeding them? And that's just the feeding So, of course, as we know, babies need lots of changing, so you're going to do double the amount of changing. So you probably want your change table quite close to the area where you're going to feed babies. And then sleeping the babies, where do we sleep them and and sleeping them safely. And, you know, I usually suggest, because twins are much smaller, is two bassinets, even if you borrowed them and put a new mattress into them. But two bassinets are smaller in the environment than putting up one big cot.
0: Well, speaking of sleeping, you mentioned their bassinets. Yeah. Even if they're small, that's got a limited time frame. Yeah, right. Is it safe or do you ever recommend that you sleep twins in the same sleep space, on the same sleep surface?
1: They can be on the same sleep surface in a cot if they're end-to-end. So they're not in the same sleep space as in close together. Okay. So you wouldn't put them, say, side-by-side side into a cot because then your risk of um, – well, mainly the risk of seeds would be higher. But you could, if you had some, you know, good-sized babies, put them end-to-end until they sort of travel and meet in the middle. And that would give you a bit of time. But often twins are small. And when you put a tiny, you know, 2.8-kilo baby in a cot, even at the end, they have to use up a lot of energy to keep that space warm. Yes. So in the summer, it's probably not as bad bigger deal because you could just snuggle them in into one, one end each. But coming into winter, I think I would want my space a bit smaller and a bit warmer to keep those little
0: babies much more cozy and they'll sleep a little better. And with the change table, you did mention the magic triangles so yes. that can move around. Yep. How would you set it up with a with that change table so that, let's just say you need to change them both at the same time. And yeah. even if you don't have to change them both, you've still got both of them there. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned when you're feeding, you could maybe put them in one of those horseshoe-shaped yeah, um, little support pillows. pillows. What yeah. about when you're changing? Same setup? So similar in
1: that you have to have a safe space to put one baby as you're moving through your space with another baby. So um, something that I would use is maybe a good bouncer that one baby can safely be put in while I go and change another baby. So when I go to houses and look at these spaces and set the space up for them before they have the babies, I often look at the table as the main changing area because let's face it, you're not going to have people over for dinner for a while. (laughs) So I try and make that nice table a really good height You can put some change mats there. You can put some boxes there with all the things, you know, nappies and wipes and sets of clothes and wraps and stuff and really give yourself the space to put the baby down. But, of course, you wouldn't put two babies on the table. You're only doing one. So using one end of a table to set up. And usually your table isn't that far away from where your couch or your lounge is, so you're still in that same space. But a good bouncer to put one baby down into while you deal with the
0: other baby is really going to help. And bouncers, it doesn't matter how old they are.
1: Not generally. Um, usually, the more well worn they are, the deeper the dip is, and <laughs> that could be handy. Um, but it's often also one of the most common things that they get given as gifts will be bouncers. So they could come in the form of a rocking little rocking bouncer. Could be a swing, but just somewhere safe to put that baby. I've even used um, porticots with the bassinets in them so that they can put a safe baby down, especially if you've got toddlers. Using a porticot in that space with the bassinet level on it so you can put your babies down safely and your toddler hasn't climbed in with them, that's another thing to consider. So there's so much that goes into the consideration before we even get these babies, not even to mention where do car seats fit in the car. <laughs> 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 you know, so if they think of that perfect triangle, the space I'm going to feed them, the space I'm going to change them being quite close, and then the space where I'm going to sleep them, it's going to cut down on that movement. And if we consider that a lot of women end up with a cesarean section, with twins, then it's also going to ease of movement, you know, after recovering from surgery. So there's all these things that you need to consider And be ready by about 36 weeks because twins tend to come a little earlier. Not
0: always, but they tend to come a little earlier. We did talk about how you set up for feeding. Yeah. How do you talk to -to mothers-to-be about the feeding process with twins? Because I… Imagine that's quite challenging. And
1: and so, again, you spend a lot of time doing the visualisation of how's this going to work because it's going to help them with how much support do I need, how much time is my partner having off, when should I get my mother to come in and help, how do I, how do I use everybody who's going, I can help, I can help. So in visualising the feeding, in the hospital setting, what we tend to do is we start by introducing one baby at a time because they don't feed as often in that first few days. They're tired, they're sleepy. And we want our mums to get really used to just handling her newborn baby and feeding. And just that physical attachment of the baby to the breast. Then after that, when she's feeling much more comfortable with handling the babies, probably around day two, in that sort of second to third day, our babies are getting hungrier Then with the support of the staff that's around them, if they are still in the hospital setting, we will start to establish twin feeding and get those two babies on so that that parent can really start visualising in terms of a breastfeed how she's
0: going to do that.
1: So you breastfeed
0: them both at the same time? Yeah.
1: So you breastfeed them. That's exactly the same length of time as a singleton baby. Mm
0: -hmm. So you
1: put them on together and that's called twin feeding and they'll feed for whatever. 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever they need to do, but it's just that one sitting. So there's a couple of different ways. So you can breastfeed them both in a twin feeding position. You can breastfeed one and bottle feed the other, and that might be if maybe you've got one very tired baby who's not feeding as well, or if it's just overwhelming two babies.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's often done when there's a toddler in the house so that maybe someone could do one baby and I only have to feed one baby. But then, of course, that might also, um, we might need a mother who's expressing. So there, it can get really complicated. And then, of course, there are some people who choose to bottle feed. And there's even bottle feeding pillows to make it easier to bottle feed. But with very young babies in bringing them home, even bottle fed babies need to be fed one at a time. It's just quicker. Yeah, yeah. so it can be really complicated Mm. and you really need to get a sense and a feel of what those parents want to do to help lead them into the right setup that's going to work for them.
0: Okay, bit to think about there. Yeah. You mentioned with the babies um, in terms of how you use the bassinets or the cots. Yeah. What about in terms of rhythm? Because I know obviously when they first come home, you're not going to sleep train them in any sort of – babies are form. leading. Babies are leading. So is there a way to set up a healthy sleep rhythm or pattern for multiples when you bring them home?
1: Not when you bring them home. So when you bring them home, they're just like a singleton baby. But what we say about the multiples, whether you've got two or three, but we obviously don't get a lot of triplets nowadays, is that the first baby who wakes leads. So if baby A or baby Jack wakes up and it's only been two and a half hours since the last feed and he's hungry, we actually feed both together so that we keep the feed in the same feed window. Because you don't want to be, be feeding baby Jack at two and a half hours and baby Jane goes to four hours and you're doing this on and off feeding pattern. The poor parent will be exhausted. So we tend to keep them in the same feeding window. Now that could look like... Baby Jack wakes and baby Jane is sound asleep. So I might just sit and quietly feed baby Jack, but then I would wake baby Jane and put her on the breast straight after. So I'm feeding in that same window. So getting the feeding established is probably one of the most significant things they're going to do in those very early weeks of bringing the babies home. And then starting that sort of very gentle day-night pattern that will lead down the track to rhythm and then lead down the track to routine, further down the track, probably isn't till they are about six to seven, eight, nine weeks down the track. It's a commitment, and usually I try and tell um the clients that I work with that we only can take really small windows and that those windows can change at any time. So, I usually guide them in about a three or four week window to see what's working, then adjust, then see what's working. But they will form rhythm and routine at about the same ages and stages as any other baby. And in fact, my multiples sleep much better than my singleton babies because you really have to think about taking multiples out. It's a big effort to do that. So, they tend to be at home, they tend to have that consistency. It can be as chaotic as a singleton, but they tend to sleep better because they're not so movable.
0: Yeah. You really have to think about it. This is so tangential, but a question just came to me. Have you seen that babies are sleeping better since COVID lockdowns? Oh, yeah, by far. Really? Yes. interesting. Yeah. So there's this whole
1: thing, especially, you know, for all the years that I've been doing this, in COVID it was probably more stressful for the parents because they were more isolated. But the babies did much better because of the consistency, because the parents were at home. So the most they did was they'd take them on a gentle walk when they could get out. And the babies slept better. And I'm starting to see now that we're coming out of it that there's a bit more chaotic behaviour in the babies because we're trying to find our way again after COVID, in, well, what does my baby need and how do I fit life in? So it's a real feeling of shifting at the moment in parenting.
0: Do you have any other tips on how parents can prepare for multiples?
1: I think the first thing I usually take them through is the steps of support. So find out who's in your camp and what they're actually willing to do. So often um, the parents will say, yes, my parents are around to help. And I say, and how are they going to help? And they go, I don't know (laughs) because you don't know what you don't know, do you? So my take-home tips with support is find out how much time your partner has off and who's going to support you and how they're going to support you. So some people in your camp are the cuddlers. They just want to come over and cuddle your babies and sometimes you need that. While you have a shower, those people are great to cuddle your baby. Some people are doers. So they're the people making the spaghetti bolognese, putting the washing on. They don't they like the babies and they want to have a cuddle, but they are also more interested to make sure that your world around you is still functioning. So they're really good people to have in there. And then there are support that comes from probably parents, your parents, where as that partner may be going back to work, they might come and help with a couple of nights. Or they might help from the afternoon into the evening just to give that support. And they're real hands-on. They can pick up a baby. They can change a baby's nappy. They can wrap. They can bring that baby back to you while you're feeding. So they really understand the babies. And I think you have to work out where that support... And I think you need a little of everything. I don't think you need just one or the other. And I... Typically tell people if you have people coming in from interstate, then don't have them come while your partner's there. Have them come when he goes back to work. So you've got that long-term support going on. So really think about the support that you might have. The second thing I'd say is be ready by 36 weeks. Have your beds, your car seats in, you know, everything done, your support system in place by 36 weeks. You might be sitting there till 38, 39, or you might have them at 36 plus one, you know, so Be prepared. They're smaller than you think, so have clothes that fit them because when you have small babies, they lose body temperature faster. So have clothes that fit them. Don't underestimate. Yes, they will grow. They will grow into clothes, but they need clothes that fit them. That's probably the biggest thing we see in the hospital. And be patient, okay? So this is about patience, and it's about time to get to know them. And I think the other thing about twins is enjoy the moment. They're amazing you know, you're going to put the same parenting style in and you're going to get two completely different results from (laughs) it. So whether they're identical, non-identical, you know, boys or girls or one of each, I think, you know, you should sit back and you should just enjoy the moment. And it's really easy to rush through stages. And my last home take is have someone in your camp that's considering your babies in your family. So this is probably an external person, someone like ourselves, like parenting consultants or lactation consultants could be the early childhood centre sister, but someone who's unemotional that says, yeah, you're doing okay. Or if you try it this way, that might work. So you need some of that support. And once you get that, all that lined up, I think you'll actually enjoy the whole ride of being a parent of twins.
0: There you go. It's all about preparation. It is. It's all about preparation and then enjoying the moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for your time. That's a pleasure. That's Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to Love at theparentbrand.com.au See you next time.